0: Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. And so I'm going to give you three fun memories that my family has carried and I want to give them to you. And if it doesn't automatically make you laugh, I'm going to request a courtesy laugh, <laughs> all right? So the first one I want, to, I want to tell you about was, I don't remember how old I was, probably somewhere around 10 years old. My sister, she's a year younger, so around nine-ish. And uh, yeah, <clears throat> nine-ish, give or take, three or four or five years. I'm just kidding. No, it was around there. But this is my sister. He put it up before I knew it. This is my sister, Amy, and I, let, I, I, I quasi got her permission to show this. Um, I, I, she at least knows for sure that I'm showing it. But this is Amy, and this Christmas season, she had this wild – this is mid-'80s, right? Early mid-'80s. She had this wild idea that she wanted to try a new haircut, and it's that. That thing, I, I think, I don't know. If you can't, if you, it's, it's not real clear. It kind of looks a little bit like a like a beaver hat, but, but hey, anyway. <laughs> so, sorry, Amy. I love, I loved that hairdo. So, <clears throat> at our church, this one night we had a Christmas party, and and Santa Claus was there and he was, he was letting kids sit on his lap, tell them what they want for Christmas, and my sister went before me, and she wanted to get some special doll that was out that year. And then it was my turn, and so I asked Santa Claus if he could make sure that my sister gets a new haircut. <laughs> so that was my Christmas request. So that was, that was one of our special memories. Um, we, this picture gets surfaced on Facebook every couple of years, one time I, I made my personal Facebook profile that picture. <laughs> I didn't say anything, and people started seeing it, and they started thinking it was hilarious, asking questions, and I tell them. And then I started noticing other people started making their Facebook profile that. And like dozens of people, it started, it started a little movement where people made that their profile. And my sister would just be like scrolling through and she'd see me with that. And then she'd start seeing other people's comments with the same picture. She's like, what in the world? And we started digging in. There's dozens. It was amazing. So if I ever do that, you guys can jump on board, Okay. All right, you can take that picture off. Um, another funny Christmas memory that I had. By the way, I like Christmas memories, especially funny ones, so feel free to share some with me soon, all right? Um, my, at my grandma's house, every year we'd go over there for Christmas Eve, and the, we had this routine that we'd have to eat, we'd have to eat her vegetable soup. And then, and like beg, like beg to get to the Christmas presents. But we'd have to go through the whole veggie soup routine first. Um, and then after that, we would gather everybody aunts, uncles, cousins, everybody in the living room. And, and she'd pass out candles to each person, and we'd light it. And so, and I actually remember one time I, ha- I was holding this candle, because Grandpa would always tell the Christmas story, and it was dark in the room, it's beautiful, lit in the room, circle, and I was, I was holding my candle, and I was like looking down at it, and I was like, you, you can see kind of cool movement with the light, and it's the, the orb around it, it's like pretty cool, I was going like this, until all of a sudden I heard, and I realized that my hair sent, like, and my eyebrows too. And I, I went like this, and it all fell off. <laughs> and I you smell it through the whole room. It was horrible. <clears throat> but, um, but this one year, oh, oh, and also after grandpa would give the thing, we'd sing Happy Birthday Jesus, and we'd blow the candles out. And then we got to the part that we, that we only really cared about this presence, right? So we took our, we took our time. Going around the room, each person get in the middle of the room, open their presents. And, and grandma always would give everybody an article of clothing and then the cool gift, right? Because who cares about the clothing when you're a kid? But this one year, my cousin, she was about 12 years old, I think. Um, she, she, had, she was a Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys fan. And so she thought it would be awesome if she could get a Cowboys jersey for Christmas. So when grandma's asking for Christmas requests... Um, she said, I want a cowboy's cowboy's shirt. She was so excited to open that thing. And she opened it and pulled out this this flannel shirt with those pearl snap buttons that go all the way down. It was a nice western shirt. She said, Grandma, what is this? And she said, well, it's a cowboy shirt. (laughs) It got awkward for a moment. I'll just say that. But it was funny to hear her parents die and laughing. It was that was a good moment. So that's another one that goes down in the books. But I got to tell you about one of my new favorites or my more modern favorites. Well, I say new is back in 2011. <laughs> Jessica and I lived in Redding, California. Um, we were pregnant. She was pregnant with our first baby, who we ended up actually losing. So that's its own story. But on Christmas Day, we're in California. And the weather's different there than here. It's not warm, but it's not as cold. Okay, so we didn't have much going on in the afternoon, and so we decided to go to the park to go for a walk. And there's a park that goes right along the river, and we got to this part where the where the bathrooms are. Um, the bathrooms in that park, there's like three that face one direction and three that face the other back on the back side of it. You don't actually go inside a building. You just go right into the restroom, right? It's like a one-person room. So you got to have that context. I'm going to read some Facebook posts that I was posting in real time, okay? At 4.23 p.m., I posted this. What is the oddest thing that has happened to you on Christmas Day? Jessica and I went for a walk in the park today and stopped at a bathroom the lady who was using one of the only working room, restrooms told me how nasty it was when she came out. I went in, I went for it anyway. She was right. There's pee all over the floor. It was like a the bathroom is probably about from that wall to right here in a square. And there's pee all over the floor except for like a four-foot circle, like next to the toilet, all right? Bear with me, guys, and you guys, there's poop, there's pee in the floor, but then there's poopy pants in the trash can, all right, the trash can was full and overflowing, and there's a pair of, I'm talking about adult men's pants in there, and there's poop in it. It was disgusting, all right, you guys think I'm being gross, but you got to understand I'm the one who is in the environment, okay. <laughs> When I tried to leave, I realized that I was locked in there. <laughs> I, I, and I don't just mean locked. I mean like you, I could not unlock it. There's something not right. It was jammed, and I was stuck. Okay. <clears throat> so, so I, I said on the Facebook thing, right? What, when trying to leave, I realized I am locked in here. Now I said I am, not was, right? Because I'm literally typing this, standing in the middle of this bathroom, and and, and it's 10, still here 10 minutes later in this nasty place, so I must have gone in there somewhere around 4.13 p.m., all right? Trust me, the time is important. (laughs) Jessica has a nice man outside trying to help, and the police just showed up to get me out. (laughs) They are taking the door apart. I think now they're getting, to the, getting the park department out here, too. So I, I learned that the, the policeman had to make a call to get somebody to make a call to get somebody to get the park manager. And he was in the middle of his Christmas family feast, all right? <laughs> this is his responsibility, okay? So I said, I, said, I think now they're going to get the park department out here, too. Perhaps the paramedics next... Who knows, may need them if I keep breathing poop and pee. (laughs) Merry Christmas. That was my post. All right. You You wouldn't believe the instant dialogue that started. It was amazing. It became a movement. At 4.49, all right, so I posted that at 4.23. At 4.49, I posted this. When I heard the word Sawzall, I suddenly was filled with a surge of hope. So I'm, they're about to cut this thing down, I think. At 4.54, okay, I was, I've been in there since like around 4.13. I'm talking a, like a three-foot circle of dry. There's, there's nowhere for me to be. I couldn't lean on anything or sit anywhere. I'm standing there like this. If I want to move, I'm like this. For like 45 minutes. All right, and there's nothing for me to do except type and holler at Jessica who's out there freezing. All right, so at 4.54, the park guy finally got there and he cut through. He had to saw around the door handle and he opened the door and I ran out like a banshee and gave him a hug (laughs) and was gasping for air and I said, you're my hero, It it was amazing. And then one minute later, 4.55, I posted at least 45 minutes later, and I'm finally out. Crazy Christmas afternoon. Praise God for the fruit of perseverance. <laughs> at 5.03, I posted again. You know, This is about eight minutes later. Merry Christmas, everyone. I get to go home and enjoy an old-fashioned Christmas evening now. Interesting how one, of, one hour of your life will be remembered forever. <laughs> And I and I also posted a picture of a sign on the door that says leave the door open when not in use. But it should say leave the door open while in use, so you don't get trapped in, right? But the sign's on the inside of the door, like how good is that? So then my brother, faithful Christian, pastor brother Jason at 527 responded. And he said, the Lord wanted you to remember the kind of environment that he was born in. (laughs) So that was cool. We had to spiritualize this, right? There is nothing spiritual about about any of that, except God gave me perseverance, all right? (laughs) Did you guys like that? That was for you. I I suffered to give you guys that story today. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. A couple of weeks ago, I, I've been sharing with you guys about um, God's original plans, His original design when He created Adam and Eve, Garden of Eden, and how God created everything perfect. He created everything good. Um, huge plans for His children, for His family on the earth, and that He He created a perfect place. Nothing wrong and gave. he didn't just put them in it, he literally inserted them into it to give them the ability to carry heaven's dominion on this earth and to rule and reign this earth and to, and to have power and authority over every creeping thing on this earth, right? And creeping thing includes all the animals and the biggest creep of all, Satan and his demons, Right? So he he put them here so they could become the stewards of this planet and that they would rule and reign, that they would carry heaven on earth and it was going to be powerful and it was going to be a kingdom family. And And he gave royalty to his kids and that's how he intended for humanity to look on this earth. And we've also talked very thoroughly about how Satan... Um, deceived them and got them to sin and and yield their lordship of this earth over to him, and he became the the lord of this earth. Um, and Because he stole the keys of authority from them, right? And so, And we also have been talking about how that is why Jesus had to come. That's why Christmas had to happen, was so that Jesus could come from heaven and be given birth into this natural realm, to be given flesh and, and to become a human, to become a son of human beings while still the son of God, amen? And the, 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 the Lord had to give him the authority in the natural realm. He could only do it by becoming a natural man. So he would be, he'd be the, the, the contact point for heaven and earth to come together and to embody heaven's authority in the earthly domain. All right? And we also talked about how, how Jesus had to go to the cross and die and resurrect so that he could completely restore us. God's kids, right? Right? Back to everything that God had given to us that Satan tried to steal. The the flood of evil that filled this earth came because they yielded it to Satan and Jesus came to take it all back and to restore us and to redeem everything so that he could bring us back into God's original design in Christ. Amen? Amen. And we've talked about how Jesus, when he came in the earth, um, he was declared that this is the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. And we also read scriptures that talk about, it refers to Jesus being the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Come on. That's amazing. Like, we, 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 if we don't catch that, we only see half the picture that Jesus came as a human and then died on the cross and was resurrected. But literally, before he became flesh, he was always spirit before that. And in the spirit, he actually literally was the Lamb of God that was slain for the sins of this world. And it happened before the foundations of this earth was even created. Come on. So, when Adam and Eve sinned, and and Jesus was standing there in the Holy Trinity watching all this stuff get loosed to Satan and and bondage coming and crippling them, and immediately they began dying, Jesus standing there watching that, he already knew it was going to happen. He had already been the lamb that had already been slain from the foundation of the world. Come on. So, when all that stuff happened, Jesus had already paid the price. In heaven, it was sealed, it was done. But now it had to happen on earth. So that's why he had to come into flesh and to be born of a virgin and made a baby that would grow into this world and carry the dominion of his father through his sonship. He's the son of God and the son of man, amen? Amen. And so the, the merging of son of God and son of man into one person brought heaven and earth together. To where he could bring the rulership of heaven legally into this earth. Come on. It's powerful stuff. Alright. So, from the, from, the day, from the very day of the fall of man and onward, God began giving prophecies through his prophets on this earth about the coming Messiah. Okay? The coming Messiah. And guess what? The first prophecy began the day that they fell. And I'm gonna to read to you guys some prophecies here in a few minutes. But we we gotta if we wanna really experience the Christmas spirit, the, the true Christmas spirit, we wanna be able to look at Jesus in the manger and and know why he came. And so I wanna actually read to us a few of the messianic prophecies about the coming Christ, who in our time has already come and is seated in the heavenly places. Amen? All right. So, before I, before I read some of those, I want to give you guys a, a few fun facts about the Messianic prophecies of the Old Testament. There were hundreds of prophecies about the Messiah coming throughout the whole Old Testament, and each, each prophecy was given a minimum of 300 years prior to Jesus being born, and some of them thousands of years before. All right. So 300 years, like, we're, we're not even 300 years old as a nation. So this dates, like, from now back to George Washington, even farther, right? Just to give you a little, like, a, when we think about Bible history, 300 years doesn't feel like long. Well, it's before George Washington to us, if that makes any sense, all right? So the prophecies would reveal, before Jesus would ever even be thought of by humans, prophecies uh, would, would reveal details such as the location of his birth, his suffering and his death, the accomplishments that he was going to do and his mission, and his nature. All right? there, there's a lot of prophecies that gave insights in advance about this Messiah, this, this anointed one, this promised one from heaven that was going to come and bring salvation and healing and deliverance to God's people that they've been waiting for, for centuries for. How many of you guys have ever heard of Josh McDowell? And, and he wrote a real famous book called The Evidence That Demands the Verdict. Have you guys ever read that? Anybody? Raise your hand if anybody's read that. A few of you. It's actually a really good book. It's a, it's a, it gives really good apologetics on why God and the Bible are actually true. It's really good. But he, he quoted a professor named Peter Stoner, and I, I want to read this thing to you regarding Messianic prophecies, all right? We find that the chance that any man might have lived down to the present time, so it's not even dating it to Bible time, but even up till now, right? That, anybody, that the chances of anybody who have lived up to now and fulfilled eight of the prophecies, eight, all right, there's hundreds, but let's just talk about the probabilities of him fulfilling eight, okay? The, the chances of that is, if you, if you don't remember your math, you're going to have to just trust me on this, right? One chance in 10 to the 17th power. And, and if you don't know what that means, because it's been a while for me, all right? That means one in 100 quadrillion, okay? Not one in a million, not one in a billion, not one in a trillion, not even one in a quadrillion, one in 100 quadrillion. Those are numbers that Elon Musk doesn't even understand, okay? <laughs> that That is, you put a, you take a one and then you put 17 zeros behind it, that's... That's five commas in there. you get this? Like that number doesn't really exist in much, much things. It would be one in that many for somebody to have been able to fulfill eight of the prophecies about the Messiah. That's crazy. That's crazy. And, and uh, in this reading I saw, it says for perspective, it says... Um, The mega millions lottery in in October 2018. It had a $1.6 billion jackpot, and the odds of winning it were merely 1 in 302 million. Mm -hmm. Like, that's you're not going to probably win that one if you go buy that ticket, right? Mm -hmm. But that's like that's an astronomical number, but that doesn't even come close to touching the odds of semi fulfilling eight. Eight Messianic prophecies, all right? But Jesus didn't fill, fulfill eight. He fulfilled at least 48 prophecies during his life, during his life, and there's more that he's going to fulfill yet to come, Amen. All right, but 48, He fulfilled at least 48, and the eight was the probability. I just told you your brain can't even wrap around that number of 48. It's 1 in 10 to the 157th power. So that would be, that would be 1 in a trillion to the 13th power. So it's like you, your brain can't even conceive it. You, we don't even have a way to actually write it in ways that you even understand it. pretty wild that Jesus did that. Amen? And, and I mean, these are facts that have actually caused atheists to realize that even biblically is proven that there is a God. Okay? It's, it's pretty astronomical. But that's our Jesus. Amen? That's our Jesus. And the Bible is the Word of God. It's the prophecies of God's oracles coming through people written out on the pages throughout history and they, they gave utterances of this coming Messiah, the Anointed One who's coming, who's going to be God's answer, God's Savior to all things that broke down after the fall of man. Hallelujah. I want to give us a few prophecies. Um, and, and these prophecies... Are gonna, they're going to help us see who God was sending into the world and why he sent him. And we're gonna, I want you to put up that picture of the nativity here. And we're just going to leave that up. We've got baby Jesus, right? Mary. And who knows which one is Joseph. <laughs> Could be any of those guys. I'm hoping it's that young dude that looks like an Amish man. Why is there an Amish man on that picture? <laughs> hmm. Okay. That's all right. We'll look we'll look past the <laughs> artists' <laughs> um, ideas there. That's good. All right, but look at Jesus and, and Mary right and and as I, as I read to you guys some of these prophecies and the, the that happened long before Jesus was born, I want you to be thinking about, about these words I'm going to say bundled up in that little thing right there and what's going to unfold over the next 30 to 33 years in his life that changed all of history. But we have to remember the, the, or the God's original design before the fall and, and Satan stealing from humanity and bringing the entire human race into captivity, slavery, bondage to a demonic, hellish kingdom. then God never intended for that to happen, but He always knew it was going to happen, and He paid the price before it happened. Alright? I want you guys to think about those things. The first one I want to give is the first one written in the Bible. It's Genesis Three, fourteen through 15. This is after they had fallen and God was giving them their words before he moved them out of the garden. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity... That means hostility or creating enemies between you, right? I will will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. Seed is capital S, talking about her descendant who is going to be the coming Christ, amen? He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel, hallelujah. 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 We, I, I, I talked about this recently, but when it says he'll bruise your heel and you're, he's going to bruise your head, um, how how many of you guys would rather get your your head bruised over your foot, or would you like it the other way around? <laughs> you don't want either, all right. But a head bruising is a lot worse. It, it just it was symbolic of of the difference of what you guys are going to accomplish on each other, and Jesus obviously was going to come and crush Satan's head by dying on the cross, amen, and resurrecting. So, I want to, I want to read a few verses that go with that concept right there, <clears throat> and I want to just declare them out because we want to give Jesus all glory, amen. In Ephesians 1:20 20 through 20-22, we quote this often, it talks about, it says, which Jesus worked in Christ, sorry, when he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Where is he seated? Right. At his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. That's the, that's the realm that Satan functions from, all right? So Jesus was lifted far above that. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come. Verse 22, and he put all things, everybody say all things, all things. under his, feet. under his feet. He put all things under his feet, all right? And then he gave them to be head over all things to the church, all right? So Jesus was resurrected from the dead, and he was lifted above every power, every dominion on this earth, and they were put under his feet. Come on. He's gonna, his heel is going to crush Satan's head. Come on. This this is a word given about Jesus before he was ever conceived. That he's gonna crush Satan's head. Luke 8, you guys can follow with me if you want to. Luke 10, 10 through 18. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Come on. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Come on. So Jesus came and he crushed Satan. He cast him out of heaven to the earth. And, and he said, I have that much authority, and now I'm giving authority to you, and you are going to trample. How do you trample on scorpions? You step on them. What do you step on them with? Your feet. Because they're under our feet in Christ, and they get crushed in Christ. Hallelujah. So Jesus was singing, I saw Satan fall like lightning, All the way down to heaven to earth. I gave authority to crush him under your feet. I messed the song up, but you get the point. I had to make it Christmassy. Messed it up. (coughs) I don't care, all right? We're crushing him. Romans 16, 20. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Come on. Uh, Not just under Jesus' feet under your feet. Come on. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15.25 says, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. Come on. Jesus is not done. (laughs) His job is not done. Acts 10.38. How, Jesus, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with them. Come on. So Jesus was brought into this earth so that he could crush Satan's head. Hallelujah. The one who came and raped the whole world of all the goodness of God. Jesus came to restore it, and he had to crush Satan to bring it back. Amen. Anybody excited about that? Yeah. All right. So, about at least 300 years before um, crucifixion was ever even on, that people even knew what it was, all right, came David's Psalm 22, 16 through 18. It says, Dogs surround me, a pack of villains encircles me, they pierce my hands and my feet. That's a cross statement right there. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. That was a prophetic picture before a crucifixion was even a thing about Jesus dying on the cross and all that happened around it. Pretty wild. Psalms 110, 1-4 The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand. Where's Jesus seated right now? At his right hand. Come on, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Whoa, your footstool. So a footstool is something that goes under your feet. All right, you sit on a throne and you got a footstool. It says that heaven is God's throne and earth is his footstool. But he's coming, he's bringing Satan and his enemies and he's putting them under his feet. Come on. So it's a, it's a job that is not completely finished yet, but Jesus took everything away from him already. Hallelujah. It says, Your people shall be volunteers. Blessings to all you who are volunteering. <laughs> that just means people... Yep. Yeah, that mean, that's talking about people who are choosing, not, not by force, but choice to lay their lives down as living sacrifices for the Lord. Okay? Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power and the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. You have the dew of your youth. The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. That is a very important verse in the Bible. Okay? First, I just want to remind us about Ephesians 1.20, where it says that he's been seated at the right hand of God, right? So we already said that. A footstool bringing Satan and all of the demons under the feet of Christ. And it says, he says, what did he say? He says, sit in my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Okay? I want to tell you guys that Jesus has already crushed Satan. He's already taken away any authority that he ever had in this earth. All right? He already has done that. But now it's up to us to walk it out. And God is actually depending on us as His church, as His children, His disciples, to walk out the finished work of Jesus and to, and to bring His authority and to bring Satan under dominion. Amen? Under subjection. So He's still waiting for us to finish it. That's why it's not completed yet fully. It's, it's, it's really, it's up to us to see that through. It says that he's going to rule in the midst of his enemies. I think that's a powerful statement because Jesus is not going around asking for permission to bring his kingdom. He's just bringing it. And he doesn't care what anybody thinks about it. He's bringing his kingdom and he's establishing it and his kingdom is advancing. Come on. It's good stuff. And it says that, it says that um, he's a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. That is an important statement. I'm just going to toss this nugget to you on that. Um, the, the, in the Bible, under the law, legally, a person could only be permitted to be a high priest or a priest if they were born from the line of, of Levi, because they were Levites, Okay. But, this is a, but God's actually declaring over Jesus because he was not a descendant of Levi. He was a descendant of Judah, okay? And so, but this statement actually gives Jesus higher legal permission than even what came through the law because Melchizedek was a king. He's called the king of Salem, which means the king of Shalom or the king of peace. Or the Prince of Peace. Come on. Okay? Melchizedek was actually a prophetic symbol of Jesus. Some people actually believe that he actually might have been Jesus. Manifested. I don't know. But it's possible. But he was the King of Salem. The Prince of Peace. Alright? And he was called a priest. He was called a high priest. So he preceded the law. It was way before Levi ever was a thing, but he was a king and a priest. So so this is actually giving Jesus legal permission to be the highest of all high priests. Come on. That's good. You want Jesus to be your priest. Because he's interceding for you every day. Alright? It's a good thing. All right, on to the next one. I want to read one out of the Passion Translation. Isaiah 7 ten through fourteen. The Lord spoke through Isaiah again and said to King Ahaz, Go ahead, ask for a sign from the Lord your God, make your request beyond the realm of possibility. That's cool that God's not afraid. Ask for something miraculous. But Ahaz replied, I don't want to ask or I don't want to ask or to challenge the Lord to a test. So Isaiah said to him, Listen, O house of David, Is it not enough that you try my patience, but you also try the patience of my God? Therefore, the sovereign Lord himself will choose the sign he gives you. A virgin will carry a child and will give birth to a son, and you will name him Emmanuel. That was a prophecy about Jesus coming. Come on. God is with us, Emmanuel. God is with us. How many of you guys are glad that God is with us? You know he's here with us right now? More than you know he is? Come on. God wanted to do the impossible by doing a miracle that nobody could ever do. Even if you've watched Star Wars Episode One, that's just a story. All right? Only Jesus can do that. All right? And, and Jesus had to come to be God's son, But he also needed to be born through a virgin. He had to be born with no spot or blemish because he is the Lamb of God without spot. Amen? And so he he couldn't be born through man and woman and the sperm and the egg coming together humanly on both parts of it because sin is inherent through, through our ancestors. So God actually had to bypass the sperm part of it, and he came through the spirit of God overshadowing her instead, and so miraculously, Father God and, and Mary's C, uh, her, sorry her egg, got fertilized, and he, and he was given conception in, inside her womb miraculously. He, he bypassed what none of us could bypass, which is the channels of sin being inherited through our ancestors. Okay, had to happen in order for him to come and be the spotless lamb that could actually take away the sins of the world. All right, so that was prophetic, and it it actually happened that way. Mm -hmm. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7 is one of my favorites. You guys doing okay? All right, I'm preaching to four of you right now. That's awesome. All right, the rest of you okay? All right, cool, we're getting more buy-in now. All right. All right, this is one of my favorites. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. The government, the kingdom, will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Come on. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He's going to bring a kingdom that's going to expand and increase and it will not ever retract. It will never diminish. It will never stop growing and increasing. His kingdom is advancing and his intention is to cover the entire globe fully with the kingdom of God. Come on. That's powerful. Isaiah, I'm going to skip that one, just for the sake of time. There's a lot. I'm going to go to Isaiah 42, 1-7. Behold, my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom my soul delights. Does that sound familiar? This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Amen. I have put my spirit upon him. That means he's anointing him with the power of heaven. That's why he was called the Messiah. The anointing was going to come upon him, the Holy Ghost, and stay with him. That's why he's called the Christ, the Christos. It's it's the anointed one. Amen? I put my spirit upon him. He's going to bring forth justice to the nations. Um, Skip down to verse 4. He will not be disheartened or crushed until he has established justice in the earth. And the coastlands will wait expectantly for His law. Thus God, says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out. I'm going to skip on down to verse 6. Just There's so much to say. I will appoint you as a covenant to the people and as a light to the nations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He, he's God's covenant. He, he's the Lamb without blemish who came to be slain, to, to, to be a substitute. For everything that you and I deserve, which is not heaven and blessings, it's eternal hell and damnation, every single one of us. Okay? There's not anybody who hasn't sinned and fallen short from the glory of God. But Jesus came to become the substitute so that he could take away all our sins and break every chain of bondage that ever was on our lives. And when Jesus comes and He sets the captives free, they are free indeed. Amen? And it says you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So you are as free as you believe that you are in Christ. And if you're not experiencing freedom, you need to start believing that He brought freedom to the area that you're not experiencing it in because you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. You are as free as you believe you are. Hallelujah. It's a good word. (laughs) There's a lot that I could go into Isaiah 53 on and I'm not going to right now, not because it's not of utmost priority, but because I already talk on it regularly and I'm going to probably be hammering this thing hard over the next few months because we're going to be going after some stuff. Because Isaiah 53 talks about Jesus. It paints a really clear picture of Jesus being the sacrifice. And Him taking our sins on His shoulders and taking our sicknesses and our diseases. So Isaiah literally prophesied that Jesus was going to come and bring healing and breakthrough and deliverance to His people. And He has done such things. Come on. You guys alright? There's a lot that can be said. I'll I'll skip the. I'll go to the last two. Zechariah 9, 9-10. through 10. This is a prophecy about Jesus. Look at that baby there, alright? Just remember, this is, what, this is Christmas. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your King is coming to you. He is just and having salvation. Lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the fowl of a donkey. And, and we can just reflect to know that he was on a donkey with Mary and Joseph. But then he, at the, close to the end of his life, he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. So there's a prophesying about those. I will cut off the chariot of Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bow shall be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and, and from the river to the ends of the earth. All right, he's the Prince of Peace. He came as a king. He is the king, not of Israel, okay? not, of a, not of a human nation. He's the king of heaven and earth, of all things. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He has all authority, all authority. Okay? Okay? And he came to bring dominion to the ends of the earth. We're not seeing the full results of this yet, which some would complain about, but I beg to differ on the perspective that if Jesus came to be king and to bring dominion to the ends of the earth and we're seeing it falling short, don't look at it like we're failing Look at it like we are gaining ground and we will get there. So there's a lot of great things ahead of us. Come on. God's prophecies don't fall to the ground. If He says His dominion is going to go to the ends of the earth, guess what? It's going to the ends of the earth. Come on. Yeah, you get to determine whether you're part of that or not. Because when He says, I'm waiting, uh, uh, you're going to sit next to me Waiting for your enemies to be made your footstool, he's expecting to use his people yeah. to make that happen. Yeah. So we get to determine are we part of the solution or are we gonna stand by the wayside? Right. Come on, guys. This is good. Alright, the last one. This one's in the New Testament. This one will this one will put the Christmas bow on it. <clears throat> Luke 1, 26-35. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. I think it might be the Amish dude, but I'm not sure. (laughs) Of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Let us pause. Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. 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 He's the one we worship. Jesus. With God, names are powerful. Jesus means Yahweh saves. Yahweh saves. When the Bible says salvation, it's not just talking about a ticket to heaven. It's, It's talking about Him bringing full liberty and healing and restoration to your spirit, your soul, and your body, and every broken part of your life that needs a miracle. Salvation on all levels. Jesus saves. Everybody say, Yahweh saves. saves." Say, "Jesus Jesus Christ. He's the Savior who is the Messiah. Come on. He's the the anointed one. Amen? Amen. All right. He will be great. Yes, He is. And He will be called the Son of the Highest. So He's not just going to be a great man. He's literally going to be God's Son. And the Lord God will give Him the throne of His father David, and He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of His kingdom, there will be no end. Come on. Of His kingdom... There will be no end. There's not going to be any end time-wise, and there's no end in the increasing of His government over this earth. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Come on. I, I don't know if people expect a Christmas sermon to be all about presents and trees and just only focusing on Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus and you know Luke and Matthew. I, I don't know. But I I don't think that it's really the the depth that God wants to give us to not see all that God put into this, okay? That, that dude that you see on that manger of hay, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, is actually probably stone, right? Like, in that little bundle is the answer to every problem that this world has ever had. Come on. Like, like I, I, don't, I don't know, without, without divine revelation it's hard to know the magnitude of what was stolen in the Garden of Eden. Okay, It's hard to understand the fullness of that. And, and without divine revelation, it's hard to understand the magnitude of, of Satan and the hounds of hell being broke loose into this earth and, and crippling every soul and spirit that's ever been born in this place except for the one of Jesus Christ. Every single human was born in in bondage to some measure, and it's only increased in most people's lives as as they live in homes of of poor mindsets and and then belief systems get built up, and it creates strongholds that the enemy can come and add more bondage to people's lives. And sin corrupts and it and it kills. So the soul and the spirit, okay? And, and people are walking around just trying to survive each day and, and, and dying and going to hell and never even knew that they could have had a good life on this earth. But Jesus came to set the captives free and to heal the broken hearts and to restore souls and restore minds and to heal bodies physical bodies and to and not just to bring salvation to the individual but salvation to the whole okay and so when you go in places and and people groups and governments and cultures are influenced by demonic hordes of hell like jesus came to break all that stuff and to bring it under his feet and to crush satan Come on. That's what Christmas is all about, guys. It's, it's, it's coming and unlocking people from darkness and bringing us into the light of heaven and that we can live freedom and wholeness of heaven on earth right here, right now. That's the price Jesus paid for to come here and give us complete liberty. So we need to go into Christmas remembering, why did He come? It's not just to give us a beautiful holiday, it's because He came to set the captives free. Hallelujah. And so I just want to bless you guys right now. Why don't you guys stand up? I want to bless you guys right now, and Lord, I ask you just to bring the truth, Lord, the truth of everything that you brought in Christ to each one of us, Lord. There's so many things we could read, Lord God, and so only so much time. Lord, but I pray, God, Holy Spirit, that You'll release in each of our hearts, Lord, the truth. Lord, that, that You are dreaming of this day. You are dreaming of Mary's special day, Lord. To to bring the solution to this earth after 4,000 years of bondage, Lord. You are looking forward to the day when you can bring utter freedom, utter healing and salvation to your people. And I ask you, Lord God, every single one of us in my hearing, Lord, in Jesus' name, that if there's any part of our life that is subpar to all that you paid a price to give to us, Lord, that you'll show us, Lord, your promise. You'll show us, Lord, what is waiting for us, Lord. And we want to reach out and receive from you. And I just declare over us right now that the greatest gift from God is Jesus. The best Christmas gift is Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world, you and me, that He gave His only Son, that whoever would believe in Him would not perish. Listen, people are perishing even before they die and go to hell. I'm talking about perishing even in this life where we're dying until we die, right? People are living in bondage, but He doesn't want us to perish but to give us everlasting life abundant life so lord i pray in jesus name shine the light of your gospel into every heart help us to know lord everything you've given to us lord it's greater than what i'm preaching right now god it's so much greater help us to see it god in jesus name lord let us go into this christmas holiday week with freedom lord with freedom in jesus name Help us to receive it all, Lord, and to have the greatest celebrations we could ever have, knowing that you came to unbuckle every chain that's ever tried to get on us. In the name of Jesus, bless everybody. Bless everybody with your presence and with the beautiful Christmas spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) Amen. All right. We bless you guys.